Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 290 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio. Beautiful early fall day here today. Temperatures down to about 20, 21 degrees Celsius. Absolutely gorgeous. Nice little breeze. Definitely cooling off. Really enjoying that. In this episode, I'm going to be sitting down with a couple of members from the Virginia Lions of the USAFL. One of them, a Brisbane supporter who's been so kind to uh, send me a few uh, Lions uh, pieces of swag over the last couple of years. And another, coincidentally, a Magpie supporter. You know what that means. It's grand final time. Now, folks, don't forget that if you are interested in getting a shout out to your local footy club in an upcoming episode, make sure you drop me a note over at my website, yankonthefooty at gmail.com, or on my website, yankonthefooty.com. I'd love to give your club a shout-out. Uh, also, if you're uh, looking at getting yourself a uh, sticker for the podcast, not unlike this one right here, that one right there, I've got about eight or nine of these that are left. Uh, if you want to leave me a great five-star review over on my website, yankonthefooty.com, or up on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave that review there, and then drop me a note at one of my socials or by email. And let me know that you left me the review with your address in there, and I'll get that in the post to you. I've got one that I need to get mailed out, and uh, my announcing season uh, is winding down. I've got basically like one and a half more busy weeks of that. I've got a couple days worth of announcing this week, and uh, then we're going to start to actually see the end of the uh, announcing, and I can kind of slide into the off-season phase. Uh, and I'm getting ready to schedule some kind of a bad way to describe it, but I'm calling them postmortems, okay? Autopsies, if you will, of each of the 10 clubs that did not play finals this year, as well as then hoping to also talk to um, somebody from each of the, you know, supporters of each of the six clubs that are not playing in the grand final. So I've reached out to all of the people that I did preview episodes with that were in the 10 clubs that did not play finals. And I've heard back from a few of them. We just need to line up some times. Uh, there's a few others that I've not heard back from, but I maybe reach out, out to somebody else to uh, go ahead and get those uh, things lined up. Because I'd like to talk about what you thought your club's season looked like. Because uh, in some instances, there's a lot of glass half full, glass half empty kind of things where somebody just knocked the damn glass over. If you happen to be a West Coast fan, sorry, Waza, it's just reality. But you know what? You guys are going to be fine here in a couple of years. I'm pretty confident in that, you know. We're going to be also previewing uh, this Thursday with uh, Mick Aussie. He and I will sit down and do our preview episode. But I wanted to talk to Darren and Ian um, at this point in time because both of them being supporters of the two clubs represented in the grand final. And I will let you know, if you go back and listen to my preview episode for this year, I did have one of these two clubs playing in the grand final. I did have Brisbane playing in the grand final, but losing to Melbourne. Got to say it again. I didn't have the Magpies playing finals at all. So I got that one completely wrong. I had Sydney there. I had the Bulldogs there as well. I didn't have Fremantle in this year. So I got a few right. I had the Cats way down at the bottom. They got through the uh, the cutthroat final and then lost in the uh, the, the second round uh, to the, the Ds before the Ds went on to win the grand final, according to my previews. But that didn't happen. And ironically, I went back and listened to that episode today. And I talked about how I was going to call the Melbourne offense the Hydra offense because it had many heads and they could score from all different directions. And boy, did I get that wrong as well. If you think about that, Melbourne had a tough time scoring goals this year. I thought that the whole Brody Grundy thing was going to work out a hell of a lot better than it did. I thought that was going to free up Max Gone to go forward and just dominate. Well, Max Gone dominated. Brody Grundy played VFL. 
And now I think he's going to Sydney. At least that's what it looks like anyway. So um, remember, you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website at yankonthefooty.com. You can get on the mailing list so when new episodes come out, they'll be in your inbox very shortly after they've been released. That's the podcast format. Uh, I've not started sharing the videos in email format, but I guess it, I could do that uh, once they're uploaded. That could be a subsequent email that I would send out because I'm, I'm recording this uh, ahead of my time sitting down with, uh, with Darren and Ian, um, and I'm planning on putting this video that I'm recording into the uh, YouTube aspect of this because normally I will record just audio uh, and I've been putting static images up there, but I, I put up the uh, prelim final episode uh, with Mick and I last week when I, I dropped a few more F-bombs than I'm accustomed to dropping, which was three in about 30 seconds. Um, but I, I just felt those things needed to be said and I went on a bit of a rant and I don't apologize for that. Now, Again, you can get on the mailing list over at my website. You can leave a review, which we talked about. If you want to help out the podcast, you can click on that Buy Me a Coffee button that's over there. There's a little yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner, or there's a little yellow rectangle on the right-hand side next to the different podcast hosts, which I don't know if anybody's seen the news, but Google is shutting down Google Podcasts in 2024. They're going to be sliding everything over to YouTube. So maybe it's a good thing that I'm getting involved in this right now and trying to get my YouTube page updated because... It sounds like that may be the place to be. Okay. And again, I'm still working on learning the video aspect of it. Uh, I've done a few little video projects in my classroom with my students, but it's been a couple of years since I've done some of those and uh, I need to get some work done with those things and learn how to do that again. So um, let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Darren and Ian. We're going to talk about the uh, grand final and kind of reflect on the Virginia Lions season as well. Darren's going to have some great stories. I, I'm sure Ian is as well. I've never spoken to Ian before. I talk to Darren every once in a while. I trade messages with him. He called me the other day uh, to confirm that he wanted to come on. Um, and he had some things that he was able to do during this footy season that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you because I want to hear about these experiences as well. So again, let's jump into my chat with Darren and with Ian. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely thrilled to be joined uh, by two members of the Virginia Lions. Uh, they are both, as you can see on screen there, representing their own club, their favorite club as we go into grand final weekend and uh i'm welcome welcoming darren green and ian mccormick i'll let you figure out which one is which darren is a brisbane supporter and ian a pie supporter how you doing tonight gentlemen great thanks craig thanks for having us with you yeah, oh, good day, craig. thanks so much for uh bringing us out absolutely absolutely Biggest week of the year and we're happy to be here well yeah it is it's uh you know before we dive into this too far what have you guys got planned for the club's watch party yeah, so we're, we're having a get-together um, Friday night, Saturday early morning um, at kind of one of our go-to restaurant bars in the area. Okay. Um, so we're going to have people over. We're going to have some door prizes, do a little bit of um, betting squares, betting on the norm, uh, things like that, trying to get a good crowd together. But we did it last year. It was, it was fantastic for the Geelong supporters, a bit of a, a snoozer for some others, but um, – <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it, it's good fun. Uh, it's, we it, had a good crowd. It's funny you mention that because uh, I am a cat supporter, and uh, I had announced a football game that night. I got home at about eleven o'clock in the evening, and the game started around twelve thirty or so. I fell asleep in the fourth quarter or the first quarter of the game. I I watched like the first five minutes, and I woke up with like two minutes left in the first quarter, and they were up by like thirty five points. And I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did this happen? So I had to I had to rewind 
the game on the watch AFL app and kind of then I caught up at halftime. I fast forwarded through halftime to catch up with the second half of the game, but I was behind everybody else. I'm staying off social media. Cause I did. I, that's just one of those things about being old. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't make a pot of coffee like I should have. And it just was so frustrating that I, I dozed off and it was, and I was embarrassed to admit it, but it's just, it's just reality. But I'm, I'm glad you guys are Go ahead. Nothing to be embarrassed about there, Craig. I think uh, you certainly weren't the only one to snooze off during the game last year. Well, yeah, but, I mean, um, you know, there were several. I'm pretty sure know, that's not going to be a problem this year. You know, I, I think it's safe to say that, you know, that the Swans defensive structure dozed off for much of that game as well last year. So, uh, yeah, I can say that now. It's been almost a year. They're not going to be too mad at me. So, you know, <laughs> how how stoked are each of you that your club is in the grand final? You know, both of these clubs have a, a storied history. You know, I know Brisbane had that that period where they won three games in a row when Jonathan Brown was there. And I think Michael Voss was a player at that point in time there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Captain during the three-peat. Yeah. So how excited are you about being back there again? And Ian, we'll start with you. Uh, it's, um, oh, go ahead, Darren. Fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, sure. I'll um, jump in. It's, uh, it, it's, it's awesome, right? Like, I follow this esoteric kind of sport now gaining popularity in America, but you know, I've been a member for 12 years since I lived um, in Australia and uh, getting to experience the 2010 grand final as like a just getting into the game and all the possibilities and stuff like that. And then suffering through a, a, a pretty precipitous downturn after 2011. Thank you, Geelong again. Um, but yeah, precipitous downturn. And then, kind of taken a long slow road and a couple of up oh, we're almost there um it's been a really cathartic experience to have it realized this year right like last year oh, so yeah. many close games you had the momentum you were getting all excited and then it just fizzled out at the end for us um we had you know the gws in 20 20- well you kind of froze up on me there for a second so you had gws in I think it was 2018, wasn't it? No. 2017. No, we knocked off uh, Richmond in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then the next year we lost in the finals to GWS. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah, uh, so. You know, and uh, Darren, what are your thoughts? Because I know you, you are, are you from the Brisbane area? Is that where your allegiances lie or came from? Yes, sir. Born and oh. bred in Brisbane. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm very keen to, I'm very excited to see the the uh, the boys back at the uh, the top end of the uh, the top end of the ladder rather than the the bottom end. They were cellar dwellers there for a few years after the um, after the the three peat, mm-hmm. three and a half <laughs> uh, flags. Um, it's uh, sort of ironic and uh, and fitting that they should be coming back again to uh to uh knock off Collingwood for a third time. <laughs> so yeah, what I mean, is a lot of... go, ahead. go ahead. I mean there's a lot of great history too between the clubs, right? The Nathan Buckley saga leaving Brisbane saying he wants to go to Collingwood and then getting a norm on the way to losing a grand final, never getting that premiership ring as a player or a coach. Right. So there's there's a lot of interplay between that dynamic. And then we we 
gave Buckley the boot, and now we're back at it, um, playing finals footy, playing championship level footy, and then on the 20-year anniversary of the the 2003 now, grand final. Now, let, let me ask you this question here, because I and I, if if Nathan Buckley is still the senior coach of the Magpies, are they playing in the grand final this year? Absolutely not. Okay. Even even with the not talent, even not even with the talent that they brought in. Okay. I don't think okay. it works that way. I don't think it works that way. Right. Okay. It, the style of football he was trying to get them to play wasn't bringing Bobby Hill, wasn't bringing Frampton, wasn't bringing McStay. Right. It was mm-hmm. a very defensive oriented, conservative, non-attacking style of play. And he wouldn't have made the same use of the same tools. The players wouldn't have come. Graham Wright and the list managers. It, it, it needed to be a full turnover, losing Buckley, Eddie, new, Ned Guy getting out of there and just bringing in a new set of people. Uh, there's no way it happens. I think Nathan even came out recently and said the same thing to himself. Total different chemistry, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah the attitude in the locker room and the, the flies presence and his you know, bravado and, and mentality has been the game changer, I think. Yeah. The the, the one thing, and, and again, this is just the, the American that lives in the North where it gets rather cold in the winter time here. I, I just, when, when I, when I hear that, you know, that the, the games are, you know, 12 and 13 and 15 degrees Celsius, and I see him wearing a parka at the game, I just, it's just, I just still, and again, I just, I'm thinking it's not that cold, but but I guess to him it actually is. So I I I, I just kind of find that that's a little you know, yeah, a little humorous. And I, and I you know you don't see very many players that don the, the the long sleeves and that sort of thing when they're out there playing. But uh, um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I've never seen a player you know I see soccer players do this sometimes here in the games that I announce in Ohio. You know when it gets a little bit later in October November. It'll wear like the like the the like the spandex leggings underneath their their shorts. I've never seen an an AFL player don something like that when the weather's gotten really cold. I don't know. I don't, I don't Daniel Rich did it. Did, it, did, did he? he? Oh, I don't remember. Seeing, okay, I may not. I may not have noticed that then. But uh, but no, you're right. It's very 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 rare. Yeah, it is very rare. But but I feel like know. Fly is just so skinny. <laughs> He's got no meat on the bones, well, so Fly needs the jacket. He's not like Voss. You know, big old yeah. player. Well, and that's, that's self-heating. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, I've I have uh, and I actually mentioned it earlier in the the stuff that I recorded uh, for the intro tonight already. But I mean, I'm in the last twenty five months, I've lost like seventy seven kilos, almost one hundred and seventy pounds, and uh, I'm Oof. I'm co- I'm cold all the wow. time now. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, if you know anything about like insulating your house, I mean, I used to be like an R30. I'm down to like an R15. I am cold all the time. I've got, I'm wearing jackets at school. I mean, I have, I have, you know, for those of you in Australia, this is something that we do here. And maybe they do this in Virginia as well. My son lives in Norfolk. Um, we'll get like, uh, like some heavy duty, like felt fabric. It's not even necessarily felt, but it's like, it's like fabric, thicker fabric than you would typically find, like for pajamas and such. And you would sew like a pouch out of it and you'd fill it with rice. And then you sew it up as a bag and you throw that, that bag in the microwave and heat up the rice and use it, you know, to, to like warm your feet and that sort of thing. I mean, I, I've started carrying those around in like my pockets in a sweater at school. You know, I, my classroom is so cold because I'm, I'm so freezing cold. And fortunately I have a microwave in my classroom, not supposed to have it. Don't tell the fire marshal. 
I, I heat those up in there. That's and my, my my oatmeal once in a while. But I'll I'll heat those up and put them in my pockets, and then just just because I'm freezing it at, at school all the time. So I guess I shouldn't feel too bad for Craig McRae. But again, it's you know that's when it's like you know negative eight, negative ten Celsius here in in the winter time. So they can kind of you know kind of deal with it there. But uh, you know. I think, you know, one of the biggest additions this year, and it kind of he kind of flew under the radar because he came in so late, was uh, Oleg Markov. I mean, he's been phenomenal for this club this year and has just come in and, and played a role and, done, and just done a really nice job, um, you know, along with Bobby Hill, who's been a great addition for the club. I mean, that's, you know, and I, I think you're probably right that, you know, that that those types of players would not be coming in and, you know, basically, you know, forcing the issue, if you will, if you're, um, I don't know how much you know about like uh, like 1970s, 80s NFL, that sort of thing. But there was a uh, the, the guy that used to be the coach of the San Diego Chargers by the name of Don Coriel. They used to have what he he his team was just like this attacking team that would just throw the ball deep all the time. They called it Air Coriolis. And I think he's finally getting to the Hall of Fame. But I mean, Collingwood is a lot like that now with the speed that they have out there. Um, that they're able to just, you know, they just, they just get after it. And, uh, you know, there's just so much talent. And, and I have to tell you, if I had, there was one player I could take off of that side and add to my team, they're not named Dacos. I'd take Brody Majacek in a heartbeat because to me, he's like, and I've said this no over times, he's like a Swiss army knife. He does everything mm. pretty darn well. You know, he's a guy that you could say, okay, I need you to be, I need you to be here for the next 20 minutes. I need you to be here this quarter. And he'd go out and he would not embarrass you at all doing it. He's Mr. Reliable. Yeah. Yeah. And I also reckon Collingwood is like picking the Norm Smith thing Mm -hmm. for Collingwood. It's tough because it's a team of 18 Swiss army, 22 Swiss army knives. Right. 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 Like your Will Hoskin Elliott, like everybody wanted Will Hoskin Elliott dropped for the past three years. Now he's been so like Oleg Markov. You have the the nobles, the crisps, the all these role players, and Mayacek. He was drafted as a defender. Now he's yeah. our best key forward. He kicked. He's the, he the most goals. Um, the the you know, most goals for Collingwood, like three out of the past four seasons, right? Mm-hmm. He's a defender. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a yeah. I think Collingwood has that um, mentality, right? That whatever it takes to get the the team win, um, and it works pretty well. Yeah, and it's. And that frustrates the hell out of other clubs because they just don't like to see that happen with them. <laughs> I don't think it just because and 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 you two know mo- so much more about the game than I do. But is are the pies the club that most fans enjoy not being a fan of? You know, the other, from the other seventeen clubs, are they the ones yes. that they had to put the list of? These are the clubs I don't like. They'd be up at the top of the list. Every if you ask. If you ask people what club they like, um, I think probably the most number of people would, um, the club that they would choose would be ABC. That's anyone but Collingwood. Yep. yep. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And actually they were down, you know, when I was deciding on which club I wanted to support when I start, first started following the game. I narrowed it down to the three clubs being represented in this, in this discussion. I had narrowed it down to these three clubs and I, I chose the cats. I, I mean, I don't regret that at all, but I, again, I'm, I'm not, I came along to the game so late in life that I don't have that, uh, 
that hatred towards any other club. I mean, I, I just love watching the game. And, uh, of course, yeah, I want to see the Cats win every week, which certainly didn't happen this year. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, other than that, I want to watch eight great games of footy. Yeah, it's interesting that, that Darren's right. Anybody but Collingwood. That's been the yeah. sentiment for 120 years. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's been 120 years. It's, uh, yeah, I've I've always had a soft spot for not being a big fan of, of Richmond. I, I've kind of had fun poking. I've been having fun poking fun at Richmond because of Damian Hardwick's continued lamenting about having to play the occasional game at Marvel Stadium. But now that he's not there anymore, I, I've had to move on. Yeah, I just, you know, I used to joke about, you know, having to travel across the uh, – the two kilometer wide Crockfield river and the 15 kilometers of desert. And the, the last thing that Gil did before he's stepping down is a hundred meter wide swath of broken Lego pieces that the, the tigers had to cross barefoot to get to, to the, to Marvel stadium from punt road. Um, it's like, <laughs> come on. I mean, I, I you, you, it's like, it's like a four kilometer trip from punt road to get there. We're not, we're not talking going to the other side of the planet for a game. Yeah. I just, uh, I just, you know, because I, I just was totaling up here because this will be the this will be the pie's 16th game at the uh, at the MCG this year. But but who's counting? Um, but, uh, you know, it's. Are you surprised? Each of you that your club is there this year. Are you surprised that the Lions? Welcome back. Hi there. Yes, welcome back. I'm not sure. I think that was at my end that everything jumped off of there. I'm not. I'm paying an awful lot of money for the Wi-Fi speed that I have at my house, and I'm becoming less and less enchanted with how it's working there. But uh, as I was saying before, we uh, we went to an unscheduled commercial break. There, um, are you surprised by your particular club being in the grand final, or was this expected from you this year? I can say that. I expected it, and I had receipts to back it up. February 28th of this year, I put $50 on Collingwood to win the minor premiership and then $50 to win the flag. So I won wow. $700 already, and I'm looking for another $500. One out of two is not bad, right? Yeah, I'm looking for another $500. <laughs> so I, I put my eggs in that basket and went with it. Um, I, I've seen something in this team that I'm like, it's there, and that's why I would say it was okay. so frustrating watching last year like I knew there was something there and I think some of the pieces that they brought in this year kind of tipped the scale but it's that mentality of grinding it out to win like they, they were saying this week they drill those last two minutes of the stoppages where they didn't let the ball move anywhere on the field for the last eight minutes or seven minutes against um oh against the Giants yeah GWS against GWS last yeah, week that was... they drew those minutes and you can see that they have the fever for those close games so I knew there was something there, and I, I'm not—I'm pleasantly surprised, but it's not unexpected. Okay, and how about you, Darren? Yeah, we've been working on this for a couple of years now. Um, Brisbane have been sniffing around there, and, and uh, came out of nowhere really in in 2019 from a lot of people's um, perspective to, uh, mm -hmm. to be up in the finals contention, and um, a particular young list. And uh, one that um, has been growing their experience for the last couple of years, patiently waiting their time and continuing to put in good performances. 
and incrementally getting closer and closer and inching to that final goal. And I think uh, this year is the year that they're going to grab that both hands. Yeah, I think you might be right about that. I mean, it's just it's just a a really really good. Um, and both these sides are good, and you know, and I and you know, having seen both of them thump, you know, the club that I support rather rather easily this year. Um, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it because it's just. I think it is the two best sides in the comp this year. You know, I, I had Melbourne in the grand final this year, and I, I mentioned it uh, in, in the earlier part here. I just thought Melbourne's uh, attack was going to be much better than it turned out being. You know, the, 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 the Bertie Grundy experiment was an unmitigated disaster for them this year. And uh, if they can, you know, recoup something from that, if they're trading him off to Sydney, I think that's good for Grundy. And I think it's good for Melbourne to get him out of there and realize he's not Luke Jackson. It just wasn't going to work out that way. Or actually that Max Gone wasn't going to fill the Luke Jackson role because it seemed like they wanted to have Grundy fill the the, the, the Gone role and Gone become Luke Jackson and moving around the ground because I always thought there was like three Max Gones on the ground anyway because he was everywhere. Yeah. Um, I was I was sure that he was cloned. So I don't. I don't think the problem with Melbourne was their attack. It's the fact that they kicked 17 behinds. To yeah, kick themselves out right. of the final and 14 behinds. I think the previous week or something close. Yeah, to that, right. Like they had the opportunities. They just didn't slam the door shut. You can't kick 17 right, behinds right. and expect to win in finals football. You know? Yes, that's true. That's true. So let's take a step back from the game here a minute, and you know, Ian, I want to talk about how. How did you find yourself to be living in Australia in 2009? How did you end up there? And now how are you in Richmond? Take us, take us on your journey and just, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. Um, so I went to, I'm from Massachusetts originally. And I went okay. to a boarding school in Massachusetts to play sports and academics uh, on a scholarship. And some kids, some students from there previously had taken gap years and gone to Australia. And I was like, hey, that sounds like fun. I want to, I don't live at home already. Like, I just want to keep living away from home. I'm going to go abroad. So I put like five grand in my pocket, bought a plane ticket to Australia and um, had a hunch that I could get a job. That you could get, that you could get a job there. I stayed in a hostel in Melbourne. So I show up in Melbourne. Okay. And you I broke uh, up there. You, you, hang on a you broke up there. You broke up there a little bit. So you, you took five grand. You went to um, Melbourne. You said you were staying in a hostel while yep. you were there. Yep. And I, uh, okay. my first day in Melbourne, it was a Saturday. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anybody in this country. I don't know anything. So I walked out, picked up a newspaper and it was all about footy. And there was a game at the MCG and it was Hawthorne at Richmond. Rocked up mm -hmm. there, got a tip, eat pie, no idea what I was watching. And I had these bogans, for lack of a better word, just in my ear the entire game, explaining everything. So pumped I was there, just getting me around the experience. And it was it was life-changing. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. I mean, I'm 18, got a beer, yeah, got a meat pie. It was, it was an interesting experience. And I ended up getting a job at um, Geelong Grammar School. Um, so that's a, a boarding school in based out of Geelong, but they have a, year, okay. they have a year nine campus up in the bush. Um, it's called Timber Top. Okay. 
And I, okay. I went up there and I was a dorm dorm parent. I was an outdoor education instructor. So running, hiking, kayaking, skiing. Um, and then I taught math for six months too. And okay. I did that. And the cool part about that place is there's no internet for the students, no cell phones, no laptops. If they want to talk to their parents, they got to write a letter home. If they want hot water. They got to light a boiler, uh, cut down the wood, light a boiler at five in the morning to have a hot shower. So it's, um, and these are the most wealthy kids in Australia and Southeast Asia. And so yeah. they're just, we're out there roughing it with each other. And with all of that, there's nothing else for 14 year old boys do, to do besides kick the footy. And so okay. I, I played okay. every sport under the sun in America and I'm trapped up there with all these 14 year old kids. And they just taught me the ins and outs of the game. Um, had some good players. There were some good players up there too. I was going to say, so did any of those, any of those kids go on to play professionally? No, none from that year. Uh, a couple from okay. two years below from Geelong Grammar, um, I believe, ended up making some VFL, AFL lists and stuff. Geelong Grammar's okay. not an AFL powerhouse per se, like mm -hmm. the, the 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 school league that they're in. Um, they've got, I think, they've gotten better since. But um, I was just immersed in the culture. Um, okay, so I'm assuming you went to multiple games besides Hawthorne and Richmond because. How did you end up? I don't want to. Use, I'm not going to use the word settle. How did you decide upon uh, becoming a Magpie supporter? Yeah, so I'm up there. I'm like, okay, I got to pick a team. Um, I showed mm -hmm. up in and was it end of June, maybe early July, because I'd finished my year, but I showed up at the start of their term three. Yes, mm -hmm. because it's on the opposite school schedule. So showed up sometime in July. So like thinking about like round eight-ish and at the school was already a Geelong supporter. I was like, I'm not going to hop on the bandwagon. And Geelong was great, mm -hmm. right? They had Gary Ablett. Um, it was kind of that that era, the Sel Selwood, Gary Ablett. Um, Hawkins, kind of, you know, Hawk, yeah, yeah, Hawkins, like the, the, when they were up and coming um, and really dominating a lot, of, a lot of stuff. So I was like, not jumping on. And I think they were number one on the ladder when I showed up. So I was like, nope, that's not it. And I started talking to some of the faculty and these two guys got in my ear um, and Collingwood was like at about the eight. So I was like, okay, they could make the finals. So they're not a favorite. It's a fun outside chance mm -hmm. to root for. And they got in my ear about. Um, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Did, hey, what was that word you used there? You said root. Come on. We're talking footy. You don't use that word support. You don't use the yeah. word root. Barrick. I learned that early on. Barrick. <laughs> yeah. Barrack for, if you will. <laughs> Uh, that's what's in our song, Barrick. Um, so it got these couple guys in my ear, and they were saying, like, Collingwood's never changed their jumper. They're the oldest his, uh, historical team. They had the Collie Wobbles in the 60-ish year drought, right? And mm -hmm. I'm a Red Sox fan. I okay, know pain and sense. suffering from long-standing, uh, long-standing, <laughs> successful well-represented um, clubs. I'm, I feel that. I'm a Cleveland. I'm a Cleveland, I'm a Cleveland sports fan. I'm a Cleveland sports fan. The Lime Forms behind me. Uh, so, and yeah. So, like, we had at that point, we had just won our first World Series a couple of years ago in mm -hmm. what eighty something year, eighty-eight years or whatever. So the, that part resonated with me. Like, same uniform, long-standing club struggles, early success, outside chance at making the finals, just kind of fell into my lap that okay. way. And I don't mind being hated. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't mind being the 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 one everybody's rooting against, the underdog. 
Okay. He he used that word again, but I'm not going to call him out on it. Uh... <laughs> so the short answer to that question is he lost a bet, Craig. <laughs> so, um, that's how Darren, you spent going. Some, yeah. So, so Darren, during this footy season, you actually got to go home for a while. When I spoke to you yesterday, you mentioned that. So you got to go back home to Brisbane for a little while. And I'm hoping, you know, and you may not have even known this, but hopefully, hoping you got to cross paths, even if you didn't realize it with, uh, there was a couple that we actually uh, rescued our dog from who lived in the DC area, who five years ago were moving back to Brisbane and did not want to have the dog in quarantine for six months. So we have this beautiful hmm. Wheaton Terrier that was theirs for that they'd had for a couple of years, who is a phenomenal animal. And I hope that they listen to this. We've not had him in a kennel one time since we got him. He lived in a kennel for two years. He's not seen a kennel since then. Wonderful dog. So you got to go back to Brisbane and and now, do you have family that still lives in the Brisbane area? Yeah, yeah. My, all my family lives around Brisbane okay. and, uh, and the coastal area near Brisbane. Okay. So tell us what happened this this uh, footy season, because it sounded like you got to have some interactions with the club, actually. Yeah, um, I was um, I was fortunate enough to get invited along to a uh, a brunch a couple of days before the round 22 uh, clash against Adelaide Crows. Um, so uh, it was sort of a networking brunch at the club and it was at the new headquarters at Springfield. And uh, we, we uh, met for the brunch and we're watching the AFL and the VFL teams on the Thursday in their final training before the Saturday clash against Adelaide. And once mm -hmm. the uh, once the boys had finished their their work, they all uh, came in and had a bit of a mix and mingle. So that was a fantastic opportunity to to meet face to face with and have a with um, half players with Fags and um, and some of the other folks around the club. Fantastic. And I'm I'm sure you have. I'm sure you got some photos taken that are ones that you're going to be treasuring always that are going to end up on like the little photo array up on your on your wall in your house that you're going to be able to display proudly here in the near future that's right i'm that organized to have it up yet but that certainly is part of the plan yeah i'm i'm hoping that that's i'm hoping that's the case but it, it sounded like you had an awesome time there so you got to see one round of games then you got to go see you got to see him play the crows that weekend then right were you yeah they were not i don't think they, they were i think weren't they on the road the last last week and no, that would have been that would the last week. That would have been, yeah. Um, yeah, they were on. Uh, they had the crows in round twenty-two. Then they were at Marvel in twenty-two. So did you come back? Were you still there then for round twenty-four with the Saints then, or were you back in no, Richmond at that time? No, we were there for three weeks, and that um, okay. Adelaide game was right in the middle of it. So, okay, okay. So, um. You know, as you said, they, they were building towards this. And this is a club that that a lot of people thought that if they didn't get there this year, and, and, and I saw a number of people reporting on this and discussing this, that maybe it was time to look for somebody else to take the helm, that maybe Chris Fagan wasn't the guy to take them to the promised land. So you know, I, I just, I think that it's, I mean, from everything, you know, every interview I've seen him do, do he seems like just a genuinely... Mm 
pleasant guy, really good guy. Seems to be like, you know, like a, a, a dad figure to a lot of these younger players, you know, because he is, you know, maybe I'm going to say significantly older because he's around my age. So he's significantly older uh, than, uh, than maybe some of the other coaches in the, uh, in the league. Uh, like he might be a, a little younger than I am. Um, he's the actually, oldest coach I'm ever to be a, a to senior play, to coach. AFL coach in the I'll yeah say. he's two, yeah he's two years older than I am yeah he was born in 61 I was born in 63 so yep um it's surprising yeah, I, to me that he's the oldest like I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that is, is he the oldest ever oldest current I think he's the oldest ever um senior coach in the AFL era probably not sure not sure about who you know the oldest one ever i I don't know about that i think i heard that okay i I heard that stat this past week uh and it's surprising because he's not like that old when you look at like some american sports coaches you know coaching into their late 70s early 80s it's uh that was just surprising to me well tom tom landry i'm not sure about the age Yeah, you know, I'm not sure about the age um, stat, but um, one interesting fact that's been bandied around the list week is that he's only one of two coaches to have ever gone to the grand final that hasn't um, got playing experience at, at the AFL level. So he's the Which oldest. Is... He's the oldest grand final coach ever. Okay. 62 years, 99 well, days, oldest grand final coach in AFL history. Well, and uh, somebody's going to break that streak again next year when they go back to the grand final, right, Darren? <laughs> That's right. As I said, it's just the first leg of another three-peat coming through. So, Well, and, you know, with the, with the talent that they have and the, you know, they don't have a lot of I – mean, it's a fairly young list, quite frankly. They do have quite a few um, yeah. very promising young players coming through. And when you consider that they've been in the finals since 2019, mm-hmm. they've got a young list with a lot, relatively, with a lot of finals experience com- compared to a lot of their peers. Um, yeah. So that that puts them in good stead with the depth that's in their list, the players that are coming through and that are, that are already being blooded at finals level. Right, yeah, and I'm looking at them a lot of momentum to keep moving through. They should be in the window yeah. for a, a little while longer. Uh, I'm looking at this one. I'm looking at the list right now, and you know, Zorko will be 35 by the time next year starts. Daniel Rich is retiring, if I'm not mistaken. Mistaken. Yes, he already has. Jack yeah. Gunston. Yeah, Jack Gunston's uh, going to be 32 here soon. Jared Lyons, 30, almost 32. You know, Lockie Neal just turned 30. Um, no, Darcy Ford doesn't get a lot of games. He's just turned 30. McCarthy will be 30 here uh, next month. Danaher will be 30 by the time the season starts next year. Cameron will be 30 mid-season next year. But you got a lot of you got a lot of youngsters that are getting a lot of uh, a lot of games. Um, yeah, I'm looking you at you know, you know, AFL.com did a, a list at the beginning of the year. I'm looking at, and Brisbane actually has the third oldest average age at 25.1. And the fourth most experienced. Mm-hmm. 
but again, there's, you know, there, but a lot of those guys who were top him, you know, somebody like Daniel Rich, who's, you know, been, was been a phenomenal player for them for so many years is adding to that, that age profile, but is stepping away, which is going to cause it to, to slide back a little bit. You know, it's kind of like, you know, uh-huh. you know, the cats, cats being the oldest, I think the Eagles were second oldest, if I'm not mistaken. easily the Eagles or the, the Tigers, I think were up there at like two or three, I think. Right. Were they both in the top four? Uh, so tied for fourth, tied for fourth is Collingwood, and they're the sixth most, seventh most experienced. Uh, uh, Geelong at equal oldest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to see here. It's like a weird. It's got a lot of graphics. <laughs> uh, no, uh, West Coast is ninth oldest. Western Bulldogs are equal oldest. Okay, okay. here it is. Yeah, Geelong and Western, uh, Brisbane third, Collingwood, Richmond. Tied for fourth, Gold Coast. Gold Coast is fifth. Wow, I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> I would Geelong not. Have, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, Geelong have that. No, well, Hawthorne's the youngest. Yeah. Adelaide's the second youngest. I'm with you that those would be my two picks for next year. Adelaide and Hawthorne. Yeah, as people. Yeah, and I th- and I up. think, and I think, I th- I'm going to go so I'm going to be so bold to make a prediction right now that I. And I won't, you know, I'm a, I'll be doing this next February or March, but I think I'm already going to jot down GWS as a top four side next year. I really, I really think that. You know, they've got, you know, they've got two first round picks. You've got Richmond's first round pick next year, along with their own, um, or coming up in October. I think it's a, October, November is the draft, but they've got, you know, two first round picks. I think that's a club that, you know, kind of like Gold Coast. It's, it was great to see them make that run, and I, th- and I think. For the 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 health of the league, Gold Coast has got to make finals here pretty soon, because they've invested so much in that club that they need to get a return on that investment. Um, will it ever happen? I don't know. I don't know. But let's get back to the the uh, the game at hand this weekend a little bit though, because you know we yeah you know, we we've got we have you know the the two time Brownlow award winner playing in this game now. Um, and he even went so far as to say that, you know, that he thought Nick Dacos would have won the Brownlow had he not tweaked his knee. And that's probably right. I think Dacos probably would have won that had he not hurt his knee. Although I just, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of you know things questioning the umpires making the decisions in terms of who gets votes. You know, it's, uh, is there an alternative that you think would be a better way to decide you know, in terms of like, you know, because I know it's called the Brownlow, but in many ways it's kind of like the MVP award, if you will. Um, it doesn't have it's that name. Best, best and fairest is judged by the umpires. Yeah, right, right. So it, it, yeah, it's and the it, quality issue as well as um, as well as just a sheer stats performance. Right. Um, I think a, a field presence has got to play into that. Obviously, the umpires. Um, are, are judging it based on what they see around them. So, my, uh, my only issue with the system—not maybe not my only, but like one of my primary issues with the, the system—is you got if you have a good team or players that are capable of winning the Brownlow, neither of them will ever win it. Right? You get like Petraka and um, Clayton Oliver, Oliver, and you have mm-hmm. you know your Bontempelli's, and you know they just might never get it because they have a good supporting cast stealing votes off them. Um, so th- I think that's a, that can be a frustration for some of them. Um, 
I think the other frustration is the the, the possession count dominating the conversation um, a lot of the time. And that's kind of a weak metric, in my opinion, for including kickouts and just balls that end up in your hand and, you know, stoppages, stuff like that. Um, I, I don't think there's a really better perfect way to do it unless you came up with some awesome mathematical weighting system that took coaches votes, player votes, media votes, and umpire votes and had a weighted ranking system on the whole season, right? So I Well, hell, why don't we why don't we just do it like American Idol and have people, you know, <laughs> footy fans just call in and say, "Hey, here's who we think we should be the the MVP of this game." Hollywood we'll, win you know, every time. We got the most fans. Yeah. Right? You know, I know, I know that, that see that I, I was kidding about that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but so, so let me ask you this, you know, so, so Lockie Neal won it this year and I actually, I put a, I put a, uh, I created a sticker on, and it's on my Redbubble page. I did this a few months back. Congr- I did it a couple months ago, congratulating Lockie Neal for winning his second Brownlow last year. And at the bottom, it said actual results may vary. So do you think he should have won it last year? Should Cripps have been suspended and, and, and Neil have won it last year? Yeah, I mean, should have, could have, okay. would have. I mean, it's it's all um, it's all kind of conjecture, really, as to whether yeah it would or wouldn't have happened. But um, the line is the but results yeah. have landed, and we have to live with it. And I, I like the way yeah. Lockie. Um, presented it uh, or received it, I guess, that the, the the point that he made, you know, swings and roundabouts. He was surprised by some games that he got more than he expected. And then there were other mm-hmm. games that he thought maybe he could have, he could have got a, a higher polling. Um, ultimately, I think no one will disagree. The biggest loser this year was Dacos. Um, interesting. And, and that's in a, in a positive light. I mean, I feel, feel bad for the guy. He, um, he played incredibly for the games that he played uh, yes, for a young did. guy in yeah. his second, second year at this level. Um, interesting to look at other um, high-level awards. Uh, maybe doesn't don't quite get the same spotlight as the Brownlow, but there's a coach's player of the year. Uh, Dacos got third in that. Um, the, uh, the Players Association MVP, Dacos got second in that. Um, incredible considering what he missed five games in the regular five or six games yeah five or six at the end of the year yeah um i think next year is going to be his year if he can stay healthy um and if he can keep an eye over his shoulder for uh for jasper and uh and ashcroft they're going to be coming through biting at his heels i think that's true yeah i think that's very true yeah um so what club were you the most surprised by this year, and what one were you most disappointed by this year? You're up, Ian. Yeah, I'm thinking, I, I would say most disappointed, I mean, the, the layup answers Fremantle. I think, like, they, yeah. I think I certainly thought they'd be hovering around um, seven or eight. I think something that's just really disappointing was Port Adelaide's kind of collapse and like they they never fully came up like they never got around it and just really took the game to where I think like Rosie Butters 
Dixon, like those guys can play and they have the same type of Brisbane energy, right? Like they can score heaps of right, goals. Right. They have big marking. Great, great in the guts. So I was pretty disappointed with Port Adelaide, Adelaide going out with a whimper instead of a bang. Um, so that's kind of my more left field. And then okay. most surprised about, I think GWS flew under my radar. Um, St. Kilda, I had a hunch was coming. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they finished the job yet, but I think it was a it was a very fair effort from St. Kilda the whole year, uh, punching above their weight. So I think those would be my two. Okay. How about you, Darren? Yeah, I think GWS, um, they um, they certainly pulled it together quickly, as did Carlton. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Vossi at the uh, at the helm there in Carlton, I wasn't so surprised. Um, I know he he was copping a lot of uh, a lot of adverse um, attention mid season. People calling for his head and all, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think Greater Western Sydney. I'm I'm not sure too many people were that surprised that they were doing badly or, or um, expecting them to to come up as, as quickly as they have. So, yeah, uh, I guess that's why that the Coach of the Year award went the way it did this morning. I mean, for them to be brought up from, from what were they, 16th place or something mid, early mid-season um, to, to get as close as they did one point away from the grand final. Yeah, and, and the Swans were – the Swans were kind of in that position as well. I think they got down in like round 14 or 15. They were down at like 14th or 15th spot on the ladder mm-hmm. and roared back. And and and, it, and think about and I I've thought about what went on there. You you had arguably the, the the greatest goal kicker in the last 20 years on his on his last, you know, on his farewell tour if you will. And trying to figure out how do we win games? Have you know how do we get the bad taste of a, of a an ugly grand final loss out of our mouths? How do we send this this phenomenal player who's been a great you know great part of our club for the last decade or so? How do we send him out? You know, with the with the uh, recognition that he so richly deserves. Plus, how do we also then try to to win games? And they and they scuffled. I mean, they they mm-hmm. they looked ugly several times this year and i and the cats thumped them in geelong and i told and it, when that game got done i i remember i got on the next episode that i did i said i said that game in sydney in another eight or nine rounds that's already been circled on their calendar that game will not end that way in in sydney and it ended up being a draw if i'm not mistaken sydney ended up coming to a draw with them they they got themselves turned around i think I think the entire town of Sydney was a bit of a surprise because both of them were so, so much in the doldrums that they, they both fought their way out of it. And I, and I hope again, for the benefit of the game, I hope that that helps to garner some support for GWS, uh, the GWS club, that more people get around them and get interested in supporting that club that, that maybe are not already Swans fans or decide, okay, I can take it. I can take a little step away from rugby and follow this as well. Um, but that would be great. And I, yeah, Fremantle, I, I think I picked Fremantle to finish like 13th or 14th. So I was not, I was not, I didn't think they were going to have a great year and they, and, and they did not I, certainly disappointed in these guys here, but uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, they just played poorly. I think they showed their age this year. Um, they rebuilt. They had a good their, run. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to take their lumps for a couple of years. And, you know, I think, you know, the cats are good. Cats are going to do next year 
maybe not with getting back into the finals, what Sydney had to do this year with uh, Buddy Franklin, except they're going to be doing it with Tom Hawkins. As they I'm not sure they'll be quite the way. same circus. I'm not sure they'll be quite the same circus with Tom Hawkins as there has been with Buddy. Oh, that's I fair. think that's been a, that's a distraction to the Sydney uh, the Sydney campaign this year. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right on that. And and yeah, I I guess I'm am amazed. This is one of those things that that I've picked up on. You know that that you don't see a lot in sport here in the U.S. You don't always see players who kind of retire mid-season. That doesn't happen in a lot of sport here, but that happened several times. This year, you know, Buddy Franklin did it, and you know, um, Jack Rewalt kind of stepped away before the season was over and decided he wasn't going to play the last few rounds. Um, Daniel Rich you know. is doing it. Yeah, he's been forced out by injury. Um, so, so was Buddy technically, but yeah, I mean, he, we already knew he was true. retiring. But... Sure, that's yeah. True. I think yeah. I think Daniel Rich would be out there on the park this 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 Friday or this Saturday Australian time. If he was able to, if he was in the in the top twenty-two, there's no way that you could keep him away. Um, and that's that's one of those those uh, sad things about about sport. You, your body doesn't always last to the timing that um, that the sporting gods have to uh, your team coming good. So yeah. good to have him on Tom the sidelines. And then there's Tom Brady. Well, <laughs> right, right. Unicorns. Okay, so. We're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap things up here in just a second, and uh, I'm gonna ask each one of you, and uh, we're gonna go alphabetically here uh, by the club name. So, Darren, why are the Lions going to win? Well, like I mentioned, they're um, they've been working towards this goal, and and inching closer to it. It's just it's just they're on the top of the hill, and they're just getting closer to it. It's been um, several years of, of uh, work being put in. Um, they've continued to add good stock to their uh, to their line. Has lifted their standards. Um, I think uh, I think it's a reward for a persistence, a, a doggedness that that uh, has kept them there. Um, okay. Okay, and who's your who's your uh, prediction for the Norm Smith, and who's your Smokey for the Norm Smith? That maybe people, it's kind of your off the wall choice for it. Yeah, well, I guess Lockie's getting a lot of lot of spotlight. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to bring the necessarily the flashy moments to the game, but I think he's going to be instrumental in in driving things the way we want them to go. Um, so I guess, I guess he could be a conservative, uh, more of a conservative uh, pick for for Norm Smith. Um, if Kitty Coleman has another game like he did last time, he could be definitely right there in the running. And um, Jasper Fletch is just he's floating around the edges. He's he's in the right places, and he's making uh, some things happen. So you know the ball bounces his way a few times, and. Um, Who's to say how that works out? Okay. Okay. So, Ian, why are the Magpies going to win? Because nobody beats Collingwood three times in one season. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, how many in a row would that make it? Seven in a row? 
I, I don't know the answer to that question, but God, I hope not. Um, no, I think the the feeling like they've been in these high stakes, intense games so many times. If if our defense stands up the way it has been and keeps it a, a close match, and I think we have the players to match up between Moore to you know Danaher or Hipwood, and then. Isaac Quainer to Cameron, and it's right. I think we have the defensive structure to keep it close, and I think our experience in close games and the big stage and the MCG. I mean, we've been playing in front of ninety-seven thousand for ten weeks in a row. You know, eighty thousand. It's been ninety-six plus for the finals. So I think that is right, what right. will be the difference in the end. Okay. Okay. And who's your uh, pick for the Norm Smith, and who's the Smokey for it? I wish I knew our, our lineup because we have some ins and outs with injuries and who's the sub going to be. My heart yeah. says to is going to be the difference maker. So if we win, it, it'll probably go to him. Um, if Dunkley does his job and shuts him down and Ginovan starts, I think Ginny's got an outside chance. He's someone who can put away three, four goals, just like Bobby. Um, but my real smoke is going to be Mason Cox. Come on. There you go. Someone had to say it. My most he's going to be Mason Cox. He's a big game player. And when when he stands up. Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to just, just to be able to promote that to, you know, uh, here and, you know, and say that, that, that he had taken basically, you know, the equivalent of the Super Bowl MVP award um, and be able to, to, to put it into that frame for folks here that here's this American, you know, now has Australian citizenship as well, that just came into their game and won that. So that would be, that would be a, uh, that'd be a really neat thing to see. Now I, I did see Taylor Adams is not going to be playing, which kind of stinks for him, but. Uh, also know, Dan uh, stays out of the lineup also. Right, right. Yeah. That's well, a we big loss. That, we kind of knew that last week, though. But the, the Adams thing broke yesterday or the day before that he tweaked his hamstring or something. He, he had a what? The, what was the phrase they used? He, he had a hamstring awareness. Hamstring notice awareness. Awareness. Yes. Awareness. I, hamstring awareness. Yes. I. Oh, I've been I've been aware of mine that you could, you could take you could take my hamstrings and uh, and you could you could go ahead and 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 put them on a very short cello, and play one hell of a concert with them. Those, those things are so tight. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what is going to, yo, what is going to be the uh, the the fare that's going to be provided as far as the uh, the in game snacks at your uh, at your local um, watering hole during the game? What are you going to have available for folks there, and how can they get in touch with you if they want to uh, they want to come? Well, anybody's invited. We have a Facebook event that we're going to be they're going to be promoting, putting up. The uh, fair is tacos, but get there early because the kitchen closes. We're going to be getting some pizza and some wings delivered after hours to uh, to satiate the masses. But um, okay, yeah. Find okay, us on so- Facebook, search VA Footy on Instagram. We'll have all the details. Um, if you want, if you're in Richmond, if you're in Virginia, come on out. We'd love to have you. Okay. Yeah. Is uh. I was looking at some of your photos um, up on, on Facebook from some of your recent games. And did I, did I see, did I, no, I, I saw the scores too, but I'm not going to mention those. Um, 
Did I did I see Doctor Grub in some of those photos? Is he still playing? You sure did. Grubby's okay. in the monster. I thought I saw him. Okay, because you know he he is the only in the almost four years I've been doing the podcast. He is the only in person interview that I have ever done. He's the only he's the only person I've interviewed that I've actually met in person before because I was off visiting my son in Rich in, in Norfolk, and I'd reached out to him and he. Uh, he stopped by the hotel that I, I mean, it was, it looked a little strange because I was, I was getting ready to head back to Ohio. So everything was packed, you know, except for my recording stuff. So we just sat there in the hotel for an hour and, and just, you know, discuss stuff. And then I, I put the episode together when I got back to Ohio, but uh, you know, that he's, you know, it was really neat when he was telling me the stories about how he would sometimes, you know, actually fly his own plane to practice to, Rather than making the drive there, just kind of it's kind of a neat, yeah, neat kind of thing. And I was actually telling my mom that today when I was when I was talking to her and I was taking my dog out for a walk. But uh, when I was on with on the phone with her, I said, "Yeah, there's this this player, this gentleman that, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's a flight surgeon. Um, because I was yeah I was in aviation aviation squadrons when I was in the Navy back in the 1980s. But uh, um, I'm looking forward to it. As I was telling Ian before you hopped on, Darren, I said I've got another, I have another. Uh, like two days that this is still valid here, that this is still the legit, uh, that that, you know, that that premiere thinks gets to stay on there. Then they have to go back to wearing the old logo. So I've got two more days with that then. So I'm going to enjoy the heck out of that. But uh, I, I don't know who I'd like to see win. And I guess I'm going to have to make a decision when I sit down and talk with Mick Aussie on Thursday uh, before the game. But uh, I haven't, I haven't decided who I'm tipping yet because, you know, I don't, I don't dislike either of these clubs. Um, you know, I, I think if it was, you know, and again, I liked giving Richmond a hard time, but I think if Carlton was playing, I would probably be tipping against Carlton. And I just, I, Carlton has kind of become my club that I guess if I have to dislike one, that's kind of the one that I would, I would dislike. Now it's not for, for those of you who've not listened to the podcast before, it's purely for selfish reasons. Because back in 2021, when Michael Voss ended up being hired as their new senior coach, uh, that day I was supposed to be on SEN on the Sporting Capital for an interview for the podcast, and I get an email. I'm up at four o'clock in the morning to go to go, be on this this program, and the producer for that show said, "Well, you know, the Carlton hired Michael Voss today. We're going to be talking about that today. Sorry about that. We'll get back with you soon." That never happened. So I, I kind of have a just a slight grudge that I kind of still hold against Carlton there just because they couldn't have waited till after the grand final to make that hire. What was he? Was he going to go somewhere else? Was somebody going to come along and say, no, 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 we want him and we're going to hire him on Friday. So you better do it on Thursday. Uh, so that's just a little grit, just a self purely selfish grudge on my part. There, so. Yeah. You talk about team hate, and I'm I'm not one of these uh, folks that that are on the anyone but Collingwood bandwagon. You know, if I had to pick another team you know, or a team that uh, that I thought deserved second place, I would definitely choose Collingwood. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't Collingwood, Carlton would be the next one I'd be choosing. Um, it's it's fun to be looking at these uh, these teams that we're competing against and and see uh, members of our uh, our three peat uh, lineup from the Brisbane Lions leading leading those uh, those teams. Yeah, it's fun to see Mason up there and representing America, and I think he's doing a great job, um, bringing some spice to things. And um, I think the the country he can be proud of of the effort that he's put in. And um, I hope that he's the first of many that follow him into the uh, the ranks of the AFL. Right, right. 
Yeah, I had. As far as Collingwood goes, um, yeah, Vossi obviously is a legend, and and in Brisbane circles, and you know the the new um, Springfield Arena is named after him. Uh, okay. The Boss Arena. So I mean, he, he's dearly loved, even though he's on the other other side now. But um, that other interesting fact uh, that that made me uh, soften a little bit to Colton that they wouldn't be beaten by too much in the last game is the. Uh, the the ruck for for Col- for Carlton is actually the, the cousin of one of our players here in the Virginia Lions, so uh, it's nice to uh, be able to look out and see uh, the extended Virginia Lions family out there doing okay. Outstanding! I didn't realize that. Okay, so are there other pies pies and lion supporters? I would imagine there have to be a few more lion supporters that are on your side simply because that's also the club that that you are representing with your with your club there but are there any other pie supporters ian that you can uh that you can you know rally around on uh on saturday morning to, to cheer you're it i'm so i'm severely alone in this arena okay, okay. Um, i would say in, even in like the usafl community mm-hmm. uh, east coast of people we play because we always talk we talk after the game i've maybe three four pie supporters out of the six clubs that we mingle with so okay being the most popular club in australia i have not found similar sentiment stateside okay now before we wrap up here are uh is the club heading to nationals this year absolutely okay mm-hmm. are you are you ready are you ready to go and i don't i have to go back and look at the dates on that that's coming up what uh end october of october 13th, right october 13th to 15th oh just a couple Arizona. weeks okay okay just a couple weeks from now okay so uh, everybody's relatively healthy, ready to go, and we're working on that. We okay. um... <laughs> for those for those for those of you on listening on audio, Ian about fell out of his chair laughing when I said that. So, injuries knee on the way down. Yeah, I, uh, I've torn my meniscus in the same knee twice this season. I sprained my MCL, got a bum ankle. Darren's getting cortisone injections in his shoulder every three four weeks. So, uh, no, nothing like that couple of times in the year but well it's been like twice in the past six months there you go so yeah we're holding together all right for a team with a fairly um a fairly uh high average age by comparison to the rest of the afl okay um okay. we're really excited to be going this year with our, our biggest contingent from our club um the virginia Lions has only been going since 2019 wasn't a great time to start anything you know the year before a yeah, pandemic but, yeah um, exactly We've had a had a chance to kind of have a little uh, a little go at it, and then sit down and think about it some more, and then come back at it hard after the pandemic was over, and the clubs continued to 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 grow gangbusters since then. So we're taking um, we're taking a dozen de- players down to nationals this year, which is three times more than we've ever taken to a USFA, USAFL tournament before. Okay, and we're looking to see who our matchup is going to be later in this week to form a squad in Division Four. Okay, so you'll be you'll be pairing up with another club to kind of merge into one into one. Side. Okay, yeah, and, that, and yep. that and I've seen where that happens quite a bit. You know, I I, I have been to one kind of little tournament a couple of years ago, um, and this was actually I think it was really before COVID hit as well. And I I happened to be there, and you know Wayne Kraska was there, and I got to sit and chat with Wayne for a couple of hours. Um, and it was, there were teams from, uh, Indianapolis, tennis from Nashville, um, 
it was a team from Kentucky. I think it was Louisville, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. And then Columbus and Cincinnati. And there was a there was a uh, a young man that was playing on the Tennessee side, who was just phenomenal. And he, this kid was about like six foot five, six foot six. And I was watching him, um, just, and he was early twenties. And and when you when I tell you who he was and who he is, you'll go, okay, well that makes a little bit of sense then. But he looked he looked like he. I mean, he was the best player that was out there on that ground that entire day by far. And I, and I'm hearing people saying that he's only been playing for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, he now he's a, he's a tight end for the new England Patriots right oh. now. Uh, his name's Matt Sokol. Um, yeah, I'm a Patriots he, fan. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. He played, he played at Michigan state. Um, and he was just absolutely phenomenal. He was on the the Jaguars practice squad, uh, I think, last year or the year before, and he's been with the Patriots the last couple of years. But, but I watched him, you know, kind of at midfield, off the, you know, off at the, uh, on the wing at midfield, and I watched him drop two or three kicks just right at the top of the the goal square. I mean, just like he took him and just was like hovering over top in a balloon and just dropped him to, to the to the key forward there, like like he'd been doing it his entire life and such and it just was it was great to watch him uh to to play and of course nobody was tackling because he was so darn big um but it's funny because i i had a couple gentlemen on the 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 show last week and they're they actually have written a screenplay uh for a film that they're trying to get made about a an american player coming to australia that that you know was going to try to be an nba player didn't work out decided to go it's not the Mason Cox story. It's it's something different from that. But it's and you know they're like, well, do you know anybody in the USAFL that could fit this this role? They because they said they'd rather find somebody that, that knows how to play the game of footy that they could you know that they could you know, teach the acting portion to. They said we can we can teach the acting portion to. It's just teaching them the footy part that would be difficult. And I and I told him I said, well, I I know this guy. I said he's got he's got a day job. You know he's playing you know, he's playing in the NFL right now. I said this this guy would be perfect for it. He's got the size for it. He's a good-looking kid, um, you know. If he wants to do this as a, as a side gig, I think he would be a phenomenal choice for it. I mean, I've I've I sent him a message on Instagram after having watched him play in uh, in Columbus a couple of years ago. I didn't. I never heard anything back from him, but I I should send this on to him because you know if he'd wanted to go spend a couple months in Australia, he, you know, as they try to get this thing made, and you know, I I have the actual. You know, they've sent me the actual screenplay to it. It was it's it's a really neat story because they, you know their storyline and. Dad's a retired NFL Hall of Famer. Kid went to went to college. Was a great basketball player. Thought he was going to get into the NBA. Didn't get drafted. Really frustrated. Finds out about footy and decides, you know, I'll go give it a shot. And he ends up playing in like one of the local leagues up north of uh, of Melbourne for a couple of years, and ends up, you know, finding his way into the VFL and into the AFL and that sort of thing. After a couple of years, it's just it's a, kind of a neat story that they're putting together there. So. We'll see if it gets made. And supposedly they've they they're actually adding a an interview scene with with me into the script as well. So who knows? I told him I said all I want is all I want is an executive uh, producer an executive producer credit, and they can pay me in Vegemite. Is all I told him that. <laughs> so well, if that if that fellow from uh, from New England falls through, um, I'm sure we can find uh, find some backup options. I've seen a few players out there with acting ability. Wouldn't you say, Ian? <laughs> I got called on it last week. 
<laughs> no. Is it, is it, I, 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 took a, me... I took a generous fall after a push in the back, and the, the ump goes, "Not paying that." Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say, are these are these all players that have a background in soccer? I thought I knew that's where you were going with that. Um, and that's just mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I just I soccer has just never been something I I, I can never really get get around i mean i i don't watch soccer other than my two my two teams at my high school that i announced their games i don't watch any other soccer besides that it's just not i'm a, i uh i'll watch the browns play because i guess i'm a masochist okay although they're you know i'll tell you what that their defense is a hell of a lot of fun to watch this year it's really a shame about nick chubb but i don't know if you saw the footage of his injury um he got it looked well, worse he than got, it was apparently he got tackled, you know, your knee bends this way. His knee went over this way. And uh. they said that they said that he tore his meniscus and he has a strained, he tore his MCL, but no ACL, no PCL injury. They're saying six to eight months that he's going to be out. I mean, this is, this is a guy that, you know, I've, I've watched footage of him going in and squatting like seven, 800 pounds. Uh. I, I mean, it's just, I was shocked by that. So, you know, Again, I'm a, I'm a I'm a lifelong Browns fan. I've 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 when when you said you're a Boston fan and such, I've like okay, man, I don't I I I know there's some World Series. I know the whole Tom Brady thing, the Celtics thing. I don't want to hear it. You know, long suffering my eye. Yeah. <laughs> what are all those banners hanging up in Boston? Come on now, I. Well, that's the, Browns, that's the thing is we got to taste the sweetness, and then it was yeah. taken from us for 45 years, except for the <laughs> Celtics. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, the, the 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 Indians now the Guardians. They well, they won the World Series in 1948 when my mom was six. That was the last time. The Browns won the NFL championship in 1964 when I was a year old. So I, I've lamented the fact that the last time they won the NFL championship, I was in diapers, and I sure as hell hope I'm not back in diapers when they win another one. <laughs> How's that going? Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's two status well, reports of that question Darren. Well, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> know about the browns <laughs> let's just let's just say that uh every every day that goes by i appreciate the fact that i have a bathroom right across the hall from my classroom every day that goes by i appreciate that just a little bit more okay it's 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 some wonderful wonderful uh logistics for me uh-huh. but it's going okay so far it's yeah, like right two Browns far. updates. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey guys, I am going to go ahead and wrap it up here because I'm going to work on getting this uh, edited and hopefully get it out this evening yet before I go to bed, even though I'm going to be getting up at five o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's going to be a long night for me, but uh, my guests have been, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Any, any, any last things before? Thanks you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Hey, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm thrilled to have you on here. You know, we've traded a lot of messages. We've talked a few times. We just, you know, it's, uh, I, I mentioned in the outset, in the opening, I said, you know, I, I appreciate the swag that you've sent to me over the time. I said, I've, I've used the koozie for, you know, the occasional soda. I'm not much of a drinker, um, but I've used the koozies you sent for, you know, for the occasional diet Coke or diet Pepsi, that type of thing. But, uh, um, it's just a, uh, I wish you luck in, uh, in Sarasota this year. Uh, hopefully, uh, Fro Jernhart gets out there to see all of you. I know that's down in his neck of the woods. Ross, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I hope that there, a few AFL players have made their vacation plans to head over to uh, the U.S. and you run into some of them. And uh, 
and you have yeah, an awesome time. I got a, I, I won a raffle at, at last year's nationals. The entire 2022 Magpies uh, squad signed a Guernsey. Oh, I'm standing. Then I met Mason at the event, and he uh-huh. had a little message on it too. So hopefully, I'm doing that with a with a Norm Smith medalist this year. There you go. There I you appreciate go. I appreciate you having us on here. Hey, uh, I love absolutely my pleasure. Love talking shop, and if anybody's listening and wants to get out and have a kick, and they're in Virginia. We would love to have you. Um, we're always looking for new players. We got people all corners of the state, so mm-hmm. um, yep. always looking to grow the game and, and meet new people interested in footy. I, I've I've talked to my son about it a little bit, uh, and he's watched. He's never watched a full game with me. He's watched a few highlights here and there, and he's like, "Good Lord, Dad, I get my ass kicked out there." <laughs> yeah, so he does. Yeah, he plays a lot of golf now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh and I had told him about, you know, Commander Grubb and that he, uh, you know, that he should maybe, you know, tag along with him sometime and just, you know, come see what it's like. But it's a pretty, it's a pretty big hike from Norfolk to get out to, to get out to Richmond. And I know there's been some, some groundswell of trying to get things rolling mm-hmm. in Norfolk because you, you have, you have built into Norfolk thousands of young people who, you know, not that long ago had been playing soccer had been playing gridiron football and are looking for something that has that collision aspect to it that they would probably embrace we have a weekly right. practice we have a state there's a standing practice every week down in hampton roads in norfolk and virginia beach we got about a half dozen eight guys down there now that are they're okay. having kicks so okay we're, we're working on it. we're trying not for lack oh, of that yeah well s- send me the address for that because i'll send it to him again and see if he if he uh Decides he wants to do that because I know I know he's do he's got a lot of things going on on his ship right now. So, um, mm-hmm. but I'll uh, we've, we've formed several hubs um, around Virginia that we hope can be a, a seed to a to a future club. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most successful so far has been the Hampton Roads Sea Lions. So okay. uh, that's the one that uh, that Grubby and uh, and Shiny and crew have, have uh, got a weekly practice going, as well as the one that we have up in um, the two that we have up in uh, in Richmond. So, okay, well, hey guys, have a fantastic evening, and ladies and gentlemen, my my guests have been Ian McCormick and Darren Green from the Virginia Lions. Um, last thing before we go, what is the wager, or is there a wager between the two of you for this weekend? So you know how how long you Ian if, if we should come up with one. Okay, so we should come so up with if, one. So you know, if Darren, if you lose, how long do you have to wear the magpies jumper? And you know, um, you know, Ian, how you know, are you are will they actually pay for the laser removal of the Brisbane tattoo you have to get? <laughs> hey, I'll I'll put this on record right now. If Darren wants to bet a tattoo on this outcome, I'm game. I'm absolutely game. So okay, wow. That way, he has to get, he wow. has to get a little magpie, a little bird on his arm, on his behind his ear. You know, something cute. Get a little little birdie. <laughs> Just nothing on my lower back. On that, I'll take no, that nothing, on, nothing on your lower back. Nothing like a, nothing like a, <laughs> a, a tramp magpie. Yeah, not uh, like the regular magpie um, tattoo. I'd, I'd like it somewhere else. <laughs> Okay. Well, I don't okay. Darren has any ink. I got a tattoo. I have a tattoo already, so I'm already marked up. Jared, there you yeah. go. There you go. I I don't have one yet. Uh, I'm contemplating getting one. Um, I thought about a cat's logo, but uh, I don't know. I've been I've been thinking. I had there's a quote from a film that I wanted to put on 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 uh, my arm, but 
I don't know. I still remember my grandmother telling me when I left to go to the Navy that I could do anything I wanted to when I was in the Navy. And she grabbed my arms and said, anything you want, just don't get a tattoo. <laughs> Never got one. Never got one. I was, I was such a square when I was in the military. I was just, I was, uh, I was, the. I mean, I think I probably still am the biggest dork, you know, even though I'm 60 years old now, but, uh, well, Hey guys, have a fantastic evening and uh, I'll send you a link to this when it's all said and done. Um, like I said, I'm hoping to do it tonight. It may end up getting finished tomorrow morning as I'm having my breakfast in my classroom, but we'll see. Appreciate Cheers it, guys. Man. You bet. Have a great yeah, evening. Sounds super. You bet. Cheers. You, too, man. Uh -huh. you bet. Bye-bye. I do want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule this evening to sit down and chat with me. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Darren, again, I appreciate the gear that you've shared with me over the years, the stickers, that sort of thing. I've got one prominently displayed on my desk. Uh, I'll be honest, I've not had, uh, I've used the koozie for the occasional soda, that sort of thing. I'm not a drinker. Don't hold that against me. I'm unfortunately, you know, one whole side of my family are alcoholics and I stay away from alcohol because I do believe there's some hereditary aspects to that. The closer I get to alcohol is the fact that this beautiful, gorgeous stuff up here, these Vegemite jars, made from brewer's yeast, you know, leftover beer making stuff. So that's as close as I get to alcohol these days. Okay. But hey, folks, if you head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, you can find everything you need about the podcast, all of my old episodes. Uh, you can also head over to my YouTube page as well. Uh, just search out my name, Craig Wessels, and uh, you can go ahead and uh, find a lot of my old interviews there. I've begun migrating them over there. A lot of them are just static images. I don't have the video because I I need to kind of rethink how I'm going to go about uh, doing the um, ones that I'm going to be putting up with the video, because again, I'm not sure if you want to be looking at this beautiful face, but hey, here it is, okay? Um, and for those of you that don't know, give you a little bit of a tour. I am sitting in a uh, walk-in closet. I've converted it into my little recording studio. Got some cat's gear over here, my Premiership uh, jumper over there couple hats over there all my empty jars of Vegemite because because I absolutely love the stuff I tried it for the first time a few years ago and I've gone through I think 23 jars of it yeah 23 absolutely love it so again um Vegemite company I've got a couple of full ones up here okay so those of you at the uh Vega cheese company I would work cheap if you want a great sponsor, a genuine sponsor, not somebody who's just selling you something because you're giving them a big check. I'm your guy. Reach out to me, okay? I will sell the hell out of your product because it is absolutely awesome. Absolutely love it. I have it at least twice, three times a week now. Uh, for those of you that don't know, over the last two years, though, I have dropped 165 pounds, which is what I think, 75, 76, 77 kilos, somewhere along those lines. Um, if I hadn't done that, I would be dead right now and for the foreseeable future. Uh, so I feel great. Um, I think I might've put a couple pounds back on because I've, I've fallen in love with popcorn again. And while I don't put anything on it other than a little bit of salt, I've been eating popcorn in a rather significantly large quantities and I need to find some other hobbies like eating some carrots again, getting back into the carrots, Brussels sprouts, that's for you, Orville, um, that type of thing. So, hey, folks, enough about that. Uh, again, Darren, Ian, thanks for sitting down. Again, check out my website, yankonthefooty.com. Get on my socials, uh, Yank on the Footy podcast over on Facebook at Yank underscore on on Twitter. I'd love if you give me a follow. 
be great if you'd share the episode with your friends and family. If you like what this Yank is doing about the game that you love and uh, that I love and I fall in love with, and I appreciate you sharing it with me. And I also appreciate the fact that you're sharing cricket with me now as well, because I have really become enamored with that game. And uh, I'm looking forward to learning more and more about that. And I have a couple of people that I'm hoping to maybe sit down and talk with. If you didn't uh, hear the interview from last week, I did sit down with Tom Dunmore, who's the vice president of marketing for uh, Major League Cricket here in the United States, which began uh, back in July of this year. And again, they have to carve out a time in which they can play that season. Um, they had six teams this year. They played a 15 game round robin tournament. They're looking at expanding that going forward. Really insightful uh, interview. Really enjoyed that. But again, folks, um, get on that mailing list. Look out for one another. Check up on your friends. If you need to call somebody, reach out and talk to them. I put all of those numbers in the show notes on my uh, podcast episodes. I guess I should probably put those in my uh, YouTube episodes as well. I can put those in the show notes there as well. I've just not done that before, um, but I'm sure I could do that. I probably should actually, but reach out and talk to somebody, okay? And check up on your friends. Go out and have that coffee. Go out and have that beer if you choose to do that sort of thing, um, whatever it is. But let them know if you need to help and check up on them, make sure that they're okay as well, because you know we need you here. Um, yeah, this is a great game. The women's season is going like gangbusters right now as well. I'm pretty pleased with how the cats are playing right now. Very excited about that, quite frankly, because they'd scuffled for a couple of years. They started to bounce back last year, and uh, I'm pretty stoked about the way they're playing. So, folks, I appreciate the kind words, as always. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 290 of a yank on the footy and again you can find everything at my website yank on the footy.com you can reach me at yank on the footy at gmail.com as well okay you can find me on instagram you can find me on twitter you can find me on linkedin if you want to look for me there just look for my name craig wessels if you're on that professional site i'm there as well I've, I've found plenty of guests to talk to over there and again i'm always looking for guests if you've got great stories to tell if you have a most memorable footy game and i forgot to mention this before we wrap up if you have a game that you are never going to forget please reach out to me because I would love to tell your story. I'd love to share your story with other footy fans. Okay. It's one of the things I'd like to do during the off season is to talk about games that are going to go with you to your grave. You will never forget about it. Maybe it's that game when you were playing 14 U and you kicked that 40 meter goal from the wing as the horn went off to win a premiership for your club. And maybe by now it's 45 meters. Who knows? But I'd love to hear from you. So reach out again, yankonthefootygmail.com. And folks, until next time, goodbye.